We're losing! Teamwork, guys. More teamwork. They're burying us alive! Eddie Shore? Oh, piss on Eddie Shore. Old-time hockey? Piss on old-time hockey! You're blowing it! And now, between the stammers, your unofficial Canucks cast, here's Art and Caleb. You know, Art, I still think we got the best intro in podcasting. <laughs> Is that because you produced it? I didn't produce it. Paul Paul produced it. Good Aww. friend of the show, Paul Fustino. All right, fine. I hate giving that <laughs> Art, guy credit. Art's like, I don't know if I'd consider him a good friend of the show. <laughs> he's, an, he's, he's an okay friend. <laughs> no, he did a good thing by producing yeah. that for us. Yeah. And I have to give him some credit for that. It gets me pumped up to do this show every time still, and I think that's a sign of a good intro. Yeah, but we haven't done a show in a while. Yeah, well, I mean, 2020, Art, everything's gone to shit, right? Like, yeah. let's get serious. Yeah, we're recording on September 30th here, 2020. It's been since even before the Canucks were kicked out of the playoffs that we had a podcast. Has yeah, it- we were going to do a post-mortem, but 2020. We were just too upset, too, right? <laughs> we were just too upset. Caleb Kirby alongside myself, Art Aronson. Are you kidding me, man? I wasn't upset at all. You weren't upset at all that they lost. No, I was happy. Remember where I told you house money? Yeah. I said they win that first series, which was even below your expectation. It was. I mean, above your expectation. Oh, yeah, above my expectation. And, and uh, that was my expectation to, for yeah. them to win a series this year, yeah. and I would be happy, and I was so happy to see what I saw. So It perfect. was fun, right? It was awesome. We both went into the NHL playoffs thinking – did we really need it? We yeah. asked ourselves that. Yeah, that's we did. true. And boy, was it was it not the best thing that happened this summer? I think it was probably the best thing that happened to me at that point. <laughs> yeah, okay. This year. Caleb went to Winnipeg, too. I sure did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that probably went as many of us expected. Yeah, I mean. It's Winnipeg. You go visit Canadian friends and you drink beers at their house. And, you know, in that area of the country, it's not as nice as the area we live in. No, it ain't. But I did have a good time. So I can't I can't complain. Good. Well, we're happy that you had a great time. Caleb, there's a lot of ground to cover. Where do we want to start? Do we want to start with the lightning win the Stanley Cup? I feel like that's probably... You're that's, the host, man. That's the holy grail, right? <laughs> you're, you're the host, dude. Lord Stanley. <laughs> Yes, putting it all on me. What else is new? What else is new between the Stammers has absolutely no idea how to navigate the podcast. All right, you know my favorite director of all time? You know my favorite director of all time. Uh, I'm guessing it's Sir Ridley Scott. Way to say sir at the beginning of Ridley Scott. Yeah, Ridley Scott is my favorite director of all time, and you should hear him in interviews. He dudes the interviewer or other people like all the time in his interview. And he's like an 80... I don't know, 85-year-old man, 84-year-old. He's in his 80s, and he's just like, yeah, I didn't want to do that, dude. So I think I might have uh, adopt that from, like I said. Does he do that like Joe Biden goes, here's the deal? No, no, he's like more, he's just a really like confident, intelligent person. I really like Ridley Scott. Uh, I find him to be that. Some people find him to be arrogant. But, you know, you make uh, Alien and Blade Runner in a row. Oh yeah, you're 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 doing you're all laughing. right. That's really right? all he had to ever do, right? And then he made like your and mine maybe favorite movie to watch of all time on a whim, Gladiator. Mm-hmm. Anyways, 
we're way off the rails here. Tampa Bay. Yes. What about them? So if we went back to early season between the Stammers and we kind of made predictions, right, on who would come out of where. Yeah. And this is just by memory. I don't yeah. have this set in stone, but I'm pretty sure we both said the Lightning are done. Like, this is it for them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We did. I think we all said no, that. No, I didn't pick the Lightning. I picked the Leafs. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember who I picked to come out of. The I think league. you said the Caps. Did I say the Caps? Yeah, okay. I feel like you said the Caps. Yeah, and you know what? That, that, that's what kind of bothers me a little bit from the aftermath of the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Everybody I'm seeing on Twitter, they acted like the Lightning were the favorite the whole time. Like they're the best team. Everybody expects them to be in the Cup final every year. I don't think anybody expected them to be in the Cup final this year. I feel like some people were saying it, but I, have a bone I mean, to pick like with the, some of these the Boston's were up there as well, right? The Washingtons were up there as usual. Yeah. I th- I really thought we were going to see that power shift in the East. I didn't think the Lightning were going to win the Cup. Like the Hurricanes and the Islanders, the Islanders who seemed yeah. to be knocking on the door. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I thought the Islanders were going to make that uh, make that dance out of the East after Carolina got ousted. But are you happy for the Lightning? No. <laughs> I've never been more indifferent to a team. Like, I don't hate the Lightning, and John Cooper's a BC boy, so good for him. He's a beauty. But, I mean, like, at the same time, no. Like, I, I'm never going to cheer for the Lightning actively. How about the, how about Stamkos, though? I'm happy for him. Eh, whatever. Does this cement his place no, in hockey No, because he was history? injured. He was injured for the most of it. Well, he came in and scored a goal. Yeah, and then he got <laughs> injured immediately, right, again. He's never, he's never, to me, he's never going to be in that conversation until he starts to have more consistency without the injury. Right. And that's an unfortunate circumstance, right? Like, I mean, when like you people start- are always going to go back and look at Stamkos and talk about the injury. They're never not going to do that now because it's constantly, it's it's been such a story in his career. Amazing hockey player when he's healthy. When you win cups... It adds to your legacy, though. You really only need to get that one. Really, I think. Yeah, but there's always the yeah, but. Yeah. Well, there's always going to be yeah, but. Even with the greatest players in history of any sport, there's always a yeah, but. Right? Okay, name a player and see if we can yeah, but him. Uh, Sidney Crosby. Yeah, but he could be the greatest player in NHL history. What's a, No, that's a positive. That's not a yeah, but. But a yeah, because but it's usually when you're making a point of being like, yeah, but eh, yeah, he, he had Melkin, right? Or something like no, that. No, he you know? didn't reach expectations. Yeah, but he didn't reach the lofty expectations that people gave for him, right? No, that's you're way off now. Yeah, but because he was Because we're talking about Stanley Cup champions. You're, if you're saying Sidney Crosby, Stanley Cup champion, people can be like, yeah, but look at the team around him. Look at the guys he had supporting him. Yeah, right? but he was hurt. No, I'm talking about careers. That's what I'm talking about. When you get a cup to your name. Well, Crosby has more than one, Art. He's he's proven his point. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but <laughs> it could be Whereas so much more. Stamkos has a cup on, an e- uh, on a year where, one, crazy year, and two, he was injured for most of the run. Yeah. So I think it's a fair yeah, but. All right. I just think that uh, it does wonders for him to get that cup. What do you think? You honestly think that? You think him as a player is like, oh, the road here was so 
arduous and stuff when he's up on the sideline. He wanted to play in that series. Of course man. he did. And the, how he came in. He wants in, another one, I guarantee you. In. I'm sure he does. Because people are probably, yeah, he's probably yeah button himself. But we'll always have that memory itched in our minds now of him raising the cup, right? Well, That's what I remember. I didn't watch the ceremony, Art. No. <laughs> no. You're watching Monday Night Football. I just uh, I was just completely indifferent to watching the Lightning hoist the cup. I just like, eh. And I think a lot of people were. The viewership was terrible. Okay, so I right? want to ask you about that. What do you think about the bubble in whole and the way the NHL put this thing together and were able to finish off their season? Because, you know, they're getting some rave reviews out there. Yeah, and they feel, should, right? I feel like they absolutely crushed it with the bubble. They did a great job. I feel like hockey's interest waned. Once, you know, the NFL season started and the baseball playoffs were looming and basketball along with it, and then you have two smaller markets, you know, like, don't get me wrong, Tampa Bay loves their hockey, but they're watching their team all the way up in Edmonton, and then people in Dallas are just like, how about them Cowboys the whole time, right? Where I don't think many people were talking about it, right? Like, us us huge fans were kind of talking about it, but, I mean, I don't think you and I either – Either of us watched the entire series. Uh, Dallas, Tampa Bay? Yeah. I watched a bit of every game. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, it's not like like we're locked in. Like, when we watch Canucks, we're, like, yeah. like totally locked in. And it's it's just, it is what it is, right? Well, have you watched many Stanley Cup finals that didn't involve the Canucks every single game? Absolutely. Okay. 100%. Right. Laser focus. Like, in the last... 20 years, maybe like 18 of them. Like, I've been dialed into all of those because I love hockey. But also... But, I mean, timing of this also. Timing yeah. is the big thing. Yeah. Time of year. So, the NHL crushed it. Like, they absolutely crushed it with their bubble testing. Zero COVID-19 yeah. test positive cases. Creating a space where these players could focus on it and go for it and do all of that stuff. No problem with it. Level of competition by the athletes themselves was way better than what I thought it was going to be. Right. Way better. How about with no fans there? Yeah, right? You, did you still feel like every game had that same intensity? I, it's, well, especially in the Canucks run, like it felt intense the entire time. It was a little harder to gauge with teams like Tampa and Dallas because I'll, I'll be honest, like I don't get to watch Tampa and Dallas play that much during the regular season. Yeah. I mean, I'll try and watch them when I have a chance for sure. But, you know, like... Um, and and before that, I was watching that uh, that Dallas Calgary series really closely. Mm-hmm. I mean, like to me, Dallas's hockey style just feels a little more snoozy than Does I think some other teams. Yeah, yeah, it's just a little more like eh. they barely scored any goals this year, and somehow they found themselves in the Stanley Cup final. Does this and this lends to the last question I have for you on this? Are we going to remember this season as? like any other season in handing out the Stanley Cup? No. Like the team earned it. Well, I think the team earned it. I don't think there's any question that the team earned it. But it, it Is reminds there an me, asterisk? It, no, well, it just reminds me of the season when L.A. won it and the, and the season was shortened, Short right? Season, yeah. I'm not going to take it away from them. They're, like Tampa's now two-time Stanley Cup champion. That's fine. I don't have an issue with that. Yeah. You know? It's in, like, for me, it's just in history now. It's what's past is past. I just right? saw a and few now observers. I'm ready for another season, even if that's going to be a COVID shortened season again too. Congrats, uh, the players, like the players, need to still look at the Stanley Cup as an accomplishment, as like the ultimate stepping stone, you know, 
the ultimate like achievement in their sport because it is. And once you, you know, basically go and kind of like say that it isn't or or whatever like that, I think like what's the point of having it? So they need to look at it that way. That's what drives them, right? That's what drives everybody to love any sport is that ultimate achievement of winning. Of course. I'm just wondering because there are there are people out there that want to, sh- well, not shit on, but give less credit to the Tampa Bay Lightning for winning this season. I'm not one of those people. Well, there's always naysayers, though, man, in any year. It's just it's just how it is. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I give them full credit. That's all I'm saying. That's like, our, like you know, it's a bigger problem in society today, right? Yeah. I mean, we're kind of, we're, we're critics too on this podcast. We are critics, of yeah. course. Sure. I just, uh, I'm just wondering if, because at the end of this, there was a lot of people needling me as a Canucks fan. I know they were just trying to get my goat, but they were like. People love getting your goat. Yeah. They were like, <laughs> oh, the Canucks win this year. Nobody's going to give them credit for the Stanley Cup. Yeah, and you're like, okay, what's your team? Yeah. And then they're like, oh, Maple Leafs. And you're just like, yeah, you're an idiot. Get out of here. <laughs> if you made it as far as we did this year, you'd be stoked. Yeah. Actually, exactly. maybe you wouldn't even be stoked because your team should have done better than, you know, won a round of hockey this year. Yeah. So, anyways, I just I, now that the cup has been handed out, I'm just wondering, are we just going to, like, put this in the history book as, yes, yeah, they win. I they, think so. They deserved it. They got it. Yeah. I feel bad for Pavelski. He's yeah. the guy I feel the most for, really. Do you? Yeah. I like Joe Pavelski. I like I didn't like the Sharks. You know? I still don't like the Sharks. I probably will never like the Sharks, Art. You shouldn't like but, the Sharks. But, like, Joe Pavelski is a good leader, one. He's one of the best ever in front of the net at tipping a puck. Let's say the Dallas Stars were up 3-2 going into game six the other night. Would you have been watching that game a little closer? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I just didn't feel like Dallas was going to win. Yeah. Yeah. I thought they maybe had a little bit of magic in them when they won that game five double overtime game. I was like, mm, maybe there's just a little bit more magic. But it, it seemed like they were losing steam as that yeah. series was going on. Um, and full credit to the Lightning for being easily the best team. Like, those three final games, the Lightning were all over the Stars, mm-hmm. all over them. And Victor Hedman deserves all the credit that he gets here. He's he's one of the top defensemen in the league, top three, I would say, maybe top two. Oh, Art right. Aronson, right behind Quinn Hughes. Hey, Art? Yeah, Quinn Hughes, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I feel like I was a little early on the party with a Roman Yossi. He won the Norris Trophy. Yeah. Do you want to talk about our, uh, our, well, mine, I guess, when I was talking about how Dallas was the most interesting. I'm bringing up my own prediction. That's pretty arrogant, actually. But I did say. Was it you or was it both of us? I, well, on the podcast, I felt like it was like it's either going to be an absolute tire fire yeah. or it's a great move. Yeah. I didn't expect it to be this great of a move. So going into but, this season, when we were going through all yeah. the teams this year, I recall a conversation that we had on this podcast. And yes, you talked about the Pavelski, Corey Perry moves to Dallas, and you called it either it was I, going to be the worst thing or the best. I said it's the most interesting. T- I said the yeah. Stars are the most interesting team in hockey this yeah. year because it could either pay massive or it could be like just a horrible, horrible disappointment. Yeah. You know, like, and who, like, nobody saw Hudobin taking Bishop's job. 
like there's a lot of a lot of other things that had to fall into place, but like man, like Pavelski and Perry absolutely carried the stars in the playoffs, especially in that final round against Tampa. Like Tyler Sagan was who knows, yeah. right? Jamie Ben hasn't really been he doing much. In out. Like I he was in Heiskinen, and out, I but Heiskinen he was hurting his team open. as well. Yeah. Heiskinen probably had the best run consistently through every series. Yeah. Um, than any other star, but yeah. like Pavelski and Perry had the big boy pants on in the in the in the Stanley Cup final, and it was man, I feel bad for. Pavelski. We're getting we're getting older, you and I. Yeah, so we start to cheer for these old we, guys. Yeah, we start to cheer for these old guys. Mm. I think, right? Yeah, like I I I just I just think it was admirable the way Corey Perry, who is not one of the top players in the NHL anymore, no, somehow found a way to insert himself into the Stanley Cup final. Uh, Corey Perry makes me laugh so much because he's just, like, such a shit rat. Like, <laughs> in the best possible way. Like, I can't stand him, but I love watching him play hockey because it just makes me laugh. He's one of those guys who, like, if you ever go out and you you play and, like, you play with a guy who played, like, you know, semi-high-level hockey or whatever, and he's just one of those guys that, like, when he's out on the ice and you're on the bench and you're watching him play, you just watch him because you're like, what the hell is he going to do next, <laughs> right? A whistle blows and he just, like, buzzes the tower, pisses the goalie off, or, yep. you know, like, skates got by a guy on the way to the bench, gives him a hack in the back of the leg, or, yep. you know, like, there's a play in behind the net and he kind of looks like he's not really paying attention to the puck, but then he, like, curls and runs interference. Like, I love that shit. I absolutely love it. So, like, Perry has always been a pleasure for me to watch, except when we're playing against him because he's a shit rat. He's a fucking right? shit rat. <laughs> uh, Kevin Bieksa said it really well, I think, <laughs> during one of the intermissions. He was just like, there could be a cam on Corey Perry, and I would watch him absolutely. the entire game. She totally gets it, right? Like, yeah. that, yeah. Man, that's the perfect way of putting it. It's and, so it's so funny. Yeah, and I had a great time tweeting about Corey Ferry during during the Stanley Cup I noticed final. Because I was yeah. just like, because I was doing that. I was watching Corey Perry, and even the broadcast who like he's a Canadian kid, right? Yeah. So Hockey Night in Canada, they try and talk about some of the Canadian stories and they were doing their best to like humanize Corey <laughs> Perry. And I even tweeted, I was like Hockey Night in Canada trying to humanize Corey Perry right now is just, no. He's a monster. Yeah, He's he a shit rat. He's an absolute menace on the ice. Just a menace. Like, think of that Winter Classic this year before COVID that's hit. Right, that's and right. he goes out and he, like, had to do that long walk of shame because he just goon squatted. Who did he go? Oh, uh, Ellis. Oh, it was a shit Yeah, hit. it was yeah. a gross hit. It was a shit Yeah. Hit. And that's the shit rat side of him, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. And you know what? Full credit. And that's why I said full credit, Corey Perry, because that's what this season could have been remembered for him. Yeah. By him. That's what we could have remembered about Corey Perry this the, season. The thing about Corey Perry, too, is he can always back it up because he had years where he was one of the best players around the net. Yeah. Like, he's never been, like, an amazing, like, skater, really. No. But his, his game around the net has been so, so good. And, like... To see that kind of will and the way that he, like, grinded a lot of the stuff out in the playoffs. I can't believe we're talking about Corey Perry for, like, 10 minutes. But, like, honestly. <laughs> but like, he's the definition so of a crafty. Fun to watch. Definition of a crafty veteran. Crafty old vet. Yeah. yeah. And, like, now we want to cheer for some of these yeah. guys. Do you have any old vets that have been in the game for a really long time that you just will never cheer for? Oh. Um, it doesn't even have to be hockey. Like, any vet in any sport where you're like, fuck that guy. 
oh, there there are a few of them. Yeah. And I and I kind of like turn, I kind of turn the other way at, at some point. I'm like, you know what? This guy's been here for so long. I have to give him credit. Like, yeah. I think Patrick Marlowe is one guy I don't really love to cheer for yeah. ever. But I'm like, you know what? The guy's somehow still in the league. Right? Yeah, I mean, I can't. There's not. I have nothing against Patrick Marlowe, but I don't really cheer for him yeah. either. Yeah. Whereas, like a guy like in the NFL, like Ben Roethlisberger. I will not cheer for Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> okay. Like, I do not care how many Super Bowls you won, how long you've been in the league. I don't like you. You know? And you're no. going to finish out your career, and I'm going to go, eh, still yeah. don't like you. Yeah. Right? Whereas even a guy like Chara for Boston, he's been in the league so long where I'm like, yeah, you broke my heart in 2011. I hate, hate when you fight guys because you always just fall on top of them. Right? You, you seem to get away with a lot more as a big guy than some of the other big guys in the league. But watching him still play hockey, you know, is it's kind of a treat. You're like, okay, this guy's been here so long. I just, you know, Chris Pronger was a guy who I never liked. Yeah. Right? I was always just like nuts to this guy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm but just but Charles kind of turned yeah, me I'm trying bit. to think of other sports uh, guys that I just can't stand. I'm gonna to have to get back to you on that one, but yeah. there are there are guys out there who are veterans, have played in the league a long time that I will never ever. What about for. Brett Gardner, New York Yankee? Yeah, there's Brett Gardner. Him and his <laughs> shiny forehead. Oh, that guy, yeah, that guy drives me nuts. I'm, I, yeah, there's a guy that drives me nuts. Yeah, and you know what? I don't know if he's been in the league long enough for me to turn a cheek on him yet, and I don't see myself ever turning a cheek for him. Yeah. Um, you never coming around on no, Brett Gardner. No, not coming around on Nuts Brett to him. Gardner. Nuts to him. Yeah. All right. Nuts to that guy. All right. Now we have. See, we have. We have. I think we, everybody has those kind of guys yeah. where you're like, all right, I like you. Yeah. You know. And then the, there's other ones where you're just like, no. Uh. Uh-uh. <sighs> yeah. There's. There's. Yeah. There. I, I can think of a few guys, but I can't get them off the top of my head. Uh. So anyway, yep. Yeah, that's a wrap on the hockey season. Let's be honest, though. When's we got? We should have enjoyed hockey there. You should be, should have enjoyed the hockey because we're probably not going to get hockey again for a long time. What are you thinking? Like December, January? It, at least January. You think at least January, or maybe maybe further? At what point is the is the Canadian government going to allow teams from the U.S. to come into our country? Well, I think they're going to have to make more bubbles, man. If they're going to do this again, which yeah. I think the NHL is going to try and do, they have to work out the logistics of way more games played by way more teams in in, in certain cities. So are we going to have a, just a, a Canadian that's what I think league? That's what I think they're going to do. League. Is I think they're going to bring the American teams into Canada. And this is like a players association thing too, right? Because yeah. people are going to be like, I don't want to spend my entire year up in Canada not being able to go down and see my family or whatever. So they're going to have to look at like exemptions for bubbles like with family or whatever. They're probably going to have to take a look at that and they're probably going to have to look at expanding the bubble cities to like uh, Edmonton, Vancouver, Montreal, Toronto or somewhere along those lines to be able to play out those games in this same style. The easy thing about this is that the venues are free to do it, right? Like, there's nothing really else going on in these venues, so the venues shouldn't be a problem. It's the logistics it's of having... crossing the border, man. It's the legit... Well, I don't think they're going to be able to do it with crossing the border. Yeah. You're going to have to have it all done in Canada. But the logistics of allowing who 
to actually come in that bubble and the is player, be yeah, tough. And the players right? are not going to want to be away from their families for that long. Well, they should be used to, like, being on the road and stuff, but they do come back and visit their families from time to time. Yeah. And it's the logistics of, like, seeing your families, right? Because the governments are because, not going to budge on this. At least yeah. the Canadian government is not going to budge on the quarantine time. And also, when you look at it, I mean, if you were to do four, right, bubble cities— you will probably do something like per div- per division, so like Atlantic, Metropolitan, Central, Pacific, have, uh, you know, places like maybe Vancouver, Edmonton, or whatever, and all those people, and have that interdivisional play, and then have to look at traveling from one bubble to another from time to time to get those other matchups in. So it is it is really complicated, but I don't think it's impossible if they do it all above the border. And, like... The one positive out of all of this bubble stuff is that, like, they fucking ace the test with what they did. Yeah, but we're talking about a league that has, what, 24 American yeah. teams? The players the players are, are going to have to be the ones that are willing to do this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And they talked about, like, the sacrifice that they made to make the playoffs happen, right? You're... you're I'm shrugging. Even, yeah, no, I think I think uh, it's something the NHL Players Association. It's gonna be it's gonna be quite a battle. I think get, if they talk, I think out. if they talk about it, they can make it happen. Yeah, right. I and really do. Then you're gonna have players that decide not to play. Right, that's gonna happen as well. Yeah, but I mean that's happening in all the other leagues too. So yeah, it's true. It is what it is, right? Uh, you want to talk about the Canucks off season here? Let's do it. <laughs> I just thought I'd be silent there and I'll leave you hanging. <laughs> the biggest question, and I think this is probably where we're going to spend most of this off-season chatter about topic. Markstrom versus Demko. I think that's the biggest question, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And we talked about this this year, that this was going to be a major decision. Thatcher Demko making it a lot more difficult <laughs> On the Canuck management. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, I know contributor to Between the Stammers, Rich Brown, is adamant. That we need to re-sign him. That we need to re-sign Jacob Markstrom. Jim Bang, the Canucks GM, has unequivocally come out and said that they're going to re-sign Jacob Markstrom. Do you think he wishes he hadn't said that now? No, because, I mean, what kind of a message is it that he says he's not going to sign him? Why, well, would he, he, why would he open his mouth and be like, no, we're going to let him walk? It's, well, not that way, but he could have been a little more ambiguous about it, right? I, I, I think it's fine. He says we want to get him back, and Markstrom knows that he's gonna his value has gone way up and other teams are going to test it, and Jim, Jim knows that too. Yeah. I think you have to be a little bit, you know, like kind of naive to think that that isn't the case. Right? There's a lot of teams out there that need Markstrom. Carolina. If Carolina had Markstrom, they'd be contending for a cup right now. Right? Like, there's a lot of teams that need a goalie like Jacob. Yeah. I would love to keep him, but is it feasible to keep him? Especially when you got Petey and Hughes coming up. This is a huge fucking decision. And then you have, oh, it's massive. <laughs> and then you have the Seattle expansion. So what do you do? You you have your expansion, and then you go, okay, well, I'm going to lock Jacob up to this contract here that's not exactly like the most appetizing maybe if his year does kind of 
slide a bit? I don't think it will. He's going to want term. He's going to want five, yeah. five, at least five years. If you're Seattle, contract. you're licking your chops at the prospect of that because you're like, yoink, yeah. to Thatcher Demko. Yeah. Uh, what would you do? Like, this is, this is a game-changing, franchise-defining move right here. Like it's, this is it's a, gonna be Jim Benning's defining move, yeah. hands down. This is going to yeah. be a decision that we look at down the road and think, shit or great. Yeah. Right? I don't think there's gonna be much of a middle ground on this one. I'm more leaning towards letting him walk now. And I even like when Rich brought it up uh, during our season when we were talking about it, I was kind of saying like maybe let him walk. And then, and then Rich had a lot of good points, and I'm like, no, we need to keep him. Yeah. Right? But I'm more leaning towards let him walk now just because of the implications of retaining the other key pieces that we need to retain. Yeah. And also, losing a guy like Demko to nothing if he gets snatched up in expansion is a non-starter for me. I cannot lose a guy who is in the exact same core age group as all the other stars that we have who are growing up as a team. You know, I want that nucleus intact. So do you try and trade Demko? No, you don't. Why would you? You trade Demko, you sign Markstrom. You protect Demko, you let Markstrom walk because Demko at this moment is less expensive and then you hire a capable backup who can get the job done for you. Or you make a trade the for a capable backup. The numbers suggest when you go by money that that's the easy move. But let's just look at history right here. We're talking about a guy who has carried this franchise for the last three years. No. Two. Okay, two years. Two years. Two years. Yeah. He's been the best player. The Canucks are a lottery team without him two years ago. Yeah. Right? And, you know, I don't think they're making the playoffs this year without him. No. No. So, he he was the MVP of this season. Yes. Right? Yes. So... And then you look at Thatcher Demko, who is six years younger. He costs a lot less. Yes. He has three great Stanley Cup final or Stanley Cup playoff performances on his belt. But in the regular season, even when he was getting his starts, he was proving he was more capable. From the last year to this year, you could see, you could him, see a progression. him fine-tuning his game. Yeah. And, like, it's honestly a bit of a roll of the dice, and I agree. Like, it's scary. Like, I'm scared. It's not just scary on right? that note. Where does he go? Is he going to go to an Edmonton team? Is he going to go to Seattle? Is it like, it just, no, like, like if, oh. if 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 Markstrom goes somewhere, he's going to go somewhere in the Eastern Conference. He's going to go to a team that's uh, that's ready. Well, I some would argue that Edmonton and Calgary are a goaltender away from being ready. <sighs> yeah, but Edmonton can't afford him. Calgary would really, really suck if he went there. Yeah, it's but it I mean, would be you devastating. Can't, you can't, it would be devastating if he went to either of those teams. Yeah, if you ask me, I, I couldn't see him going to Edmonton specific, realistically. But Calgary would suck. Where, it's just, dude, like, where the, are you? Where do you put him along the echelon of goaltenders right now? Marky? Yeah, right now. Yes, top five. Right, I think like easily top five. And we still don't know what we have in Demko. That's the, that's the scary part here. Yes, he did a lot to dispel any criticism of Thatcher of 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 him with those hero performances. It's just but you're you're goaltending, man. Like how many times have we seen that mistake 
Uh, we've seen it in Vancouver with Luongo. How many times have we seen that mistake where a, a league, I mean, not a league, an organization has paid way too much for a goaltender to lock them up long-term? And I, I like, I get it. Jacob Markstrom in goaltending years isn't that old. Like, he's, like, in the prime of his career. He absolutely is. But yeah, that could be a massive, massive mistake. It hurt Montreal. It's hurt the Canucks. I know. It's, it's hurt countless teams that have done it, right? I mean, like you don't think those guys the, were the a different Rangers stages. just bought out Lundqvist. Yeah, I, who's that on was a, gonna that was who's gonna on come a ridiculous later. contract. Yeah, that was going to come later in my um, my uh, list. But I'm just stuff. saying, like it, yeah. it it's it's one of those things that will consistently hurt. And really, if I'm Jacob Markstrom and he's looking for term, he's probably looking for term to run out. You know, the end of his career where he's probably a starter, or realistically in his head, he thinks he can start, and then maybe have a couple years as you know a, a, a capable backup. And good for him. Like, I'm pumped for Markstrom. I'd be pumped to keep him. I'd be happy for him if he goes to a team and does good things. Hopefully, while at the same time not damaging the team I love and live for. Yeah, it would be right? devastating to it's see just, him go somewhere else in the West. What if Colorado Avalanche? It's just, man, like, I What about do, the Colorado Avalanche? I know, that would suck. But I just do not think that the Canucks can afford to sign him to a long-term contract for upwards of $6 million. I just don't think they can do that. Not helping is that the salary cap is going to stay the same because of COVID. You know, there are going to be ways for the Canucks to get around some of this cap crunch for sure, but I would rather see them sign guys that can help the team in other ways. You know, like, we first off, we need to get rid of some of the other fat in order to maybe even possibly discuss being able to afford Markstrom. So guys like Louie, guys like Sutter, like, they have to go. Barchi would be nice to get off the books, right? Like, he's still on the books. Furland, you know, if he decides to retire, that's a huge, huge help to what Vancouver can do as far as signing a guy like Markstrom. Yeah, they have right? other... But that's have... the linchpin, is, like, all of these other factors need to be decided to even decide, like, to even think if you can possibly budget this guy for what other teams are going to offer him. Because other teams are going to offer him a lot of money. Steve Eisman's going to drive up to Markstrom with a, a dump truck full of money this offseason and be like, Detroit? Yeah. And he's going to be like, oh, I'm not going to win there for a while, right? Yeah. But, like, I don't know, man. His age plays a part into this, right? If, if I was Markstrom and I wanted to win a cup and I knew Vancouver wasn't a reality just because they can't afford me, I'm going to Carolina. That's the team that I would be like, I will play for you, mm-hmm. you know? And if the Canucks were like, Backup? We have to, we have to remember he has not had a big contract. This is his I know. moment I know. in life. Yeah, to to be a millionaire. Yeah, right. And how often, Art, do these cash out contracts come back and bite the organization in the ass? Look what happened with Louis. Right, playing well, scoring thirty goals, all this sort of stuff. The last contract he's probably going to sign in the NHL. I'm not saying Markstrom has that mindset to kind of just flip a switch and be like, I'm just going to ride this out till my career's over, right? Markstrom's a gamer. You can tell. He gets hot under the hot under the mask and everything. That's partly why I love the guy so much. Yeah. But you never know when it is that final contract. Yeah. It's still a risk. It doesn't it doesn't matter what you do here. Well, it's you, risk. You fucking sign him and he's protected and then you lose Demko to Seattle. I know. Because that could happen. That is very, very, that could very easily happen. Yeah. Okay, so you're on the let him walk. I, 
I'm on the fence. No, just kidding. I also think that you have to let him walk and hope that Demko's the guy. I that do. sucks, Matt. It sucks, right? What do you think Jim Benning's going to do? I have no idea, man. Well, the other week we heard he was about to sign to Foley. Yeah. You know? So, let, yeah, okay. He's got to move some pieces out in order for him to afford moving some pieces back. Yeah. I'll let you I'll, I'll let that marinate a little bit because it's, it's Can difficult. we can I, can I ask you, you want to like, talk about the other free if, agents? If we're talking about Markstrom, yeah. just specifically, yeah. Like what would you like to see the Canucks do to either be able to afford him or move on from him? Like if you could just if you're the GM of the Canucks right now and you could just wave a, wave a wand over the problems that we have yeah. and think of guys in the system who potentially could take the next step. Who are the guys that you're looking to ship out? I think it's obvious. Well, who are they? Well, you got to get rid of Louis Erickson. Yeah. Buy him out. Yeah. Do something. Get rid of that because he's $6 million on the cap. Can't do anything about the caps, uh, the Luongo thing. Mm-hmm. Restructure. That sucks. Uh, I think Brandon Sutter is what he is at this point. Mm-hmm. You got to get rid of that four and a half mil. One year left, though. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So get rid of those two guys. And uh, Furland, hopefully he retires. I think for his sake. Yeah. Too. And for the team's sake. Where do you where do you stand with a guy like Antoine Roussel? I think there is a place for a guy like that. Maybe he's getting paid a little bit too much money for what he does. Because he didn't have as much offensive pop as I thought he was going to have. What did you think of his performance in the playoffs? I thought he was fine. Yeah. Like, I thought I didn't think he was... Do you, would he, do you think he passed your test for what we got him for? Like, like Jim Benning's like, oh, he's going to stir it up. He's going to be an energy guy. Do you think he, he passed that test for what we were hoping that he would do in the playoffs? No. No? I don't think so. Do you think he was close? I think he was close. Yeah? Um, I, I, I expect a little bit more from him, I thought, offensively. Uh, and... He took some fucking dumb penalties, which you know he's all he, that's just in his game. So would you stick with him or would you try and move him? I'll probably stick with him. Yeah. Yeah, I'd stick with him. Uh but anyways, yeah, I he's a guy you what about you? He's a guy I think I'd try and move. Okay. I think I would try and move like obviously Louis Sutter. Yeah. Those two uh, guys. Roussel. For sure. I love how Beagle played on the PK. Yeah. I thought he was fantastic. I love how Mott played. I'd keep those two guys in a heartbeat. You know, move McEwen up. Yeah. Give what about like, to, yeah, what about Toffoli? I'd try and keep Toffoli. Yeah, because that's gonna, yeah. that's going to be a big, that's going to be a decent chunk of change. Yeah, it's going to be at least five mil. Well, yeah, I hope think. I hope maybe a little bit less, but we'll see what happens. I think it will be. Right? Has Jim Benning ever underpaid for a guy? Yeah, Bo Horvat. Bo Horvat's on a pretty tidy contract. Okay. Right? Yeah. Veterans, anyway. I thought, I thought Besser. Yeah, the veteran yeah. stuff has been yeah. difficult for sure. Yeah. Uh, Troy Stetcher. I mean, we got good value out of Alex Edler this year. I'll tell you that much. Holy yes, smokes. Wow. You know? What a, what a great playoff that guy had. <laughs> Dude. Oh, man. He was like, he was the unsung hero of the entire thing. This season and last season, this guy has cemented himself as, yeah. you know, one of the greatest. Con- one of the greatest defensemen in Canuck history. Yeah. Dude, Tanev's walking, eh? We're not going to be able to afford Tanev. Yeah, it sounds like the Pittsburgh Penguins are going to Hunting. be all over him. Yeah. Are you okay with that? Yeah. 
It sucks, but... That injury history is a little spotty. You just can't give him another big contract, man. You just can't. Yeah. Um, And also, it sounds like we have some D in the system, like, you know, like uh, Rathbone and Yule Levy and Brogan Rafferty. Like, some of these guys can come in and and compete for jobs. Uh, I would also probably wave the Tyler Myers move as well because I feel like you could get a guy that as as impactful as him for a little bit less. I thought he was a horse in our playoff. He was good. I do agree that he was. Right. He had a great playoff. He has just, like, physicality that some of the other guys don't have back there as far as pushing around, mm-hmm. and I really like his offensive instincts to kind of hop up in the yeah. rush and move. So but I, should he be our highest-paid defenseman? Well, Quinn Hughes will be our highest paid defenseman. Yeah, but right now, as it yeah. stands, he is our highest paid I mean, if they, can, if they can afford, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not ready to give up on Myers. I'll say that. Okay. Because he added, he added some stuff back there that we desperately needed um, on the offensive side this season. And then obviously okay. in our own zone. He Fanberg won. was great if they could, you know, like. Uh, as well, like and St- I like Stetcher. If we could keep Stetcher as an option, I'm okay with it too. Um, yeah, I, I mean, Troy from Richmond, I think wants to stay here. I, yeah. if I were to bet money, he they're gonna find a way to keep him. Yeah, I'd find, find like him and Vertan, and I like them both. Yeah, Jake for Cannon is another topic of discussion amongst Canucks fans. Notice a lot of people are ready to let it go, like because because he didn't overly excel in this playoffs. But the Canucks, he also needs to play with players that can get him the puck. Brandon Sutter is not a guy who can get Jake Vertanen the puck. Yeah. I'm sorry. He He just isn't. But to say that Vertanen wasn't given an opportunity is false. But when he was given opportunities, he scored. He scored on Horvat's line. He got that line going. When he moved up with Horvat in these playoffs, he got some results, right? When Green decided to go, okay, but him with Gaudet, like that line is the third line, and they're learning. And, and Jake Vertanen's ability to contribute also falls on a guy like Adam Gaudet. And I, I honestly believe Gaudet will be better next year. And if you know a guy like Green gives that line a chance, or that combination of at least Jake and Gaudet together, you could have a third line that can get up the ice and can be a little more offensive than what you had last year. Right. I don't think Roussel should be on that third line. Okay. I think they need somebody else. And then our fourth line, Beagle, Mott, whoever else you want to put on there, right? I think what the Canucks were missing was a third line that could chip in a little bit yeah. more than it did. That's that's exactly. what the Canucks are missing. So is Jake Vertanen good enough to be on that third line and that can chip in? Well, He's good enough defensively. I think centered, we've noticed that. Yeah, but it's centered by a guy who also needs to be doing a better job. And then when Sutter steps into that centering role, yeah. it's a black hole. And yeah. I'm not criticizing Gaudet because he's still learning. He's still finding his way in this league. Yeah. Right? For the Canucks as well, there has been talk about moving a guy like Brock Besser to I think that's cap ludicrous. Space. What are your thoughts on that's that? That's ludicrous. Why would you? Let's say you were to get a defenseman in return because people, the like, Canucks defense looks like it's look going to be soft. People just look at Brock now and they go back to his rookie season where he was sniping all the time. Brock does so much more than that now, right? Can he get that offensive touchback? Yeah, hopefully. I, and I, I do think he can. But, like, the way that that guy's vision is on the ice, he creates a lot of plays out there. And, again, he's becoming a better player every single season that I've seen him play. 
I'm happy with Brock Besser. Would you trade him, though, because you need another impact guy on the back end? No, not at this moment. Yeah. Because and the I reason think- why I don't like it is because I feel like they are building something, and he has been part of it from the ground floor, yeah. and you you kind of signify you're going away from that a little bit. Why would you ever, like, think of where the Canucks got this year. They, got, they got into the second round. You don't need to make major adjustments. You need to make a fine, a few tweaks, yeah. right? Yeah. And you know, everybody knows the dogs in this market, right? So going to try and trade guys like Besser for cap space or whatever is absolutely ludicrous. No, you need to keep Besser. You need to keep the nucleus of this team. In my opinion, you need to even keep Vertanen. Like, he did not hurt you. He wasn't a guy who hurt you. He played well enough, right? Yeah, I thought he had quite a few good moments. Yeah. So, I mean, some of the other guys who are either getting long in the tooth or that you're not going to be able to afford, and, like, don't forget, the Canucks have a decent system with players up front and in in the back end who can slot in. So We have the nucleus. Yes. So are you – do you think the Canucks have enough in the system to lose a guy like Troy Stetcher, to lose a guy like Chris Tanev, and be able to be at the same spot that they were this year? Well, that hinges a lot on right. Lose Oscar uh, that Fandenberg, hinges a lot know. on right D men, right handed D men, right? Because yeah. both those guys are right handed D men, yeah. and Rafferty is the guy who's been rumored to be the next right hand right handed D man who's going to be able to step up into that role. The D is going to look different. But I don't think it's that far off. Losing Tanev is gonna suck, man. But there That's... are there are facets to Tanev's game that we may miss that another player um, can come in and be way better at than Tanev ever was. Yeah, right. I, I just I just think that some people look at Brock Besser and think, hey, there's a winger, you know, a position that we're good at that we can trade and get a guy on the back end that can be very impactful. Maybe a guy like Matt Dumba. I think that's ludicrous. You don't trade away Vassar for Dumba. I think it's ludicrous. I do. It's a harebrained idea. Harebrained. Harebrained. You hear that, Rich Brown? Harebrained. Why would you trade away Vassar? Hey, I already told you how I thought about this. He's a core piece. It's 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 getting bandied around out there. Uh, do you think? Who bears the brunt for the cap problems that the Canucks are in right well, it's now? It's Benning, obviously. It's not the players that are underperforming, too, like a Louis Erickson. No, because at the end of the day, like they, a Brandon Sutter. they signed for that money. I'm not worried about Sutter. Sutter, I think we can get rid of, too, because, I mean, he was just on a team that played really well. There, You look at the numbers of what he did for that team on the penalty kill— one year at that contract, some other team can stomach that no problem. That needs a little bit of help. That needs that leadership and or what else. I think we'll be able to move on from Sutter. Yeah. It right? just it just would really suck. Louie is tough. Yeah. It would really suck if we're gonna lose guys like Markstrom and Brock Besser because of an inability Sign good contracts. I'll tell you, if Jim Benning be switches, <laughs> if Jim Benning switches to the the I'm willing to let Besser go camp, yeah, I'm not gonna like Jim Benning anymore. Yeah, because I think that's a shit move. Yeah, really, I well, do. He's gonna lose a lot of fans. Either way, the decision that he makes with Markstrom and Demko, right? It's not an easy decision, so I can respect what he does there. Yeah, 
And he knows he knows the amount of money he has a lot more than a guy like me. I'm just an armchair dude. Mm-hmm. I got no idea how much money he actually has. And all those people who go to capfriendly.com, you don't know either. You have no clue, right? Yeah, capfriendly's not set in stone. It's not by set the in way. stone. Yeah. <laughs> guys. Yeah. So Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. But he can't be sacrificing the future of this team and its nucleus at the expense of signing a guy like Markstrom to a long-term contract, even though Markstrom was the MVP this year. You, and that is hard to hard to come to terms with, Matt. You don't consider Markstrom a part of this team's future the, success. The that, only, that is hard, that's a hard thing to come to terms right? with. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's so hard to come to terms with. And I'm not saying we I'm not saying we can't keep Markstrom go out there next year and and be just as good if not better of a team. We probably could. But long term. And there is what no What do we do? There is no team out there that has a goaltending tandem like the Canucks do right now. No. No, I just about every team would want would love to have this right? tandem. Yeah. There's only like like I mean I think a Columbus with with Corpusalo and Merzlikens, right? Like one of those guys is going to end up going somewhere to play well. Yeah. Right? But again, like hot seasons for goalies, man. Like Marky is now kind of tried and tested. He is what you're going to get. And Demko looks so good behind him in those Stanley Cup playoffs that there's That's other teams out there that are more. licking their lips. <laughs> To those, see what the Canucks, those three games are, to are see what the Canucks are going to do. Yeah, uh, what's another way that the Canucks can get cap space? Beside, I mean, I think you gotta, you gotta, you're gonna have to use the buyout clause to buy to, to buy out somebody, whether that's Erickson or that's Sutter, right? We're not gonna. I think buying out Sutter is a stupid idea. I really yeah. do. Okay. Yeah, I think it's Canucks are gonna have to be a little creative with their trades and their draft their draft yeah. picks. And we are in a position now, and I know a lot of people are going to be mad at me for saying this, but we are in a position now where we can trade away some of our draft picks or something like that to try and get rid of a contract like Erickson. Yeah. Right? Well, we just watched... And they need to have a discussion with Furland about where to go. We just watched the New York Rangers make two significant moves. Right? One, sign, uh, buy out the greatest goaltender in their history. Yeah. One... Close. Close. You're really going to give Richter? They want a couple with Richter, dude. I know, but that's not the only thing, right? What about the Beezer, man? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Beezer. What about Glenn Healy? <laughs> uh, and also, they traded Mark Stahl. Yeah. And a high draft pick. Yeah. To get rid, to of, get that rid con- of that, that yeah. contract. So, that's. do you think that's something the NHL should be cracking down on? They said they were going to. They have to do that now, though. GMs have to do that. I know, the but the NHL are. said they were going to crack down on that. And they didn't. Well, they haven't. I'll tell you one thing: they cannot crack down on that before the crack and enter the league, because Seattle is expecting to get exactly the same type treatment of treatment as the Vegas, that Vegas yeah. got, and they paid a billion extra dollars to get that treatment. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So if the NHL was to do anything right now, they'd look fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think the Canucks have a move like that in them? I know they have. They don't have a pick. In the next two two rounds yeah. in the next draft, though, right? Yeah. So they that would they would have to be later down the line. Well, later which down they could the totally line or do. the following season. Yeah, which they could totally do, right? right? So do, could you see them, you know, selling a guy like Erickson and a high draft pick to get rid of that contract? 
Yeah, I mean, I'd start, think, a, I'd start a little them. lower than a high draft pick, but yeah, I'd try and move him with draft picks. Yeah, or do you think if that's what you're asking? 100%. I mean, if, if he was a real gentleman, he would retire. <laughs> he would pull a Naslund. Would you? He would pull a Marcus Naslund. Would Naslin. you at a market that thinks like that's been shitting on you since yeah. like basically the, your second year? Do you remember Marcus Naslund in New York? Yeah, he was like he had, he had one more year left on his. I think it was. Uh, I think he had like six million left on his contract. Did you ever see he Marcus like, Naslin walk around with a headband on that said "Eat Pussy"? No. Yeah. Well, there's your answer, right? <laughs> but, but Marcus was like, "It's time to give the kids an opportunity, yeah. and I'm going to retire." Like, what a what a move that was, right, by him? Uh, do you see Louis Erickson pulling something like you that? You know off? the answer to that. <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah. There's just got there's just got to be other ways to get cap space, right? To be able Maybe sign a guy like Toffoli and Markstrom here. I think we're going to be able. I think we're going to be able to sign a guy like Toffoli, no problem. Yeah. And I think we're going to be able to even like look at some of our other players and hopefully resign the ones that we need to resign yeah. and move some players that we maybe don't necessarily need anymore. Yeah, like Roussel for me is a big one. I look at that guy as kind of expendable. Okay, well, and he's making gonna, a decent amount of money. Yeah, so what are you going like, to what are you going to get for him? Like, where are you going to sign? Are you going to Give him away for uh, and a draft pick or something to get rid of that. Contract. I don't think you need. I don't think you need to get, uh, get rid of a draft pick. I think you can put him to a team that is having some trouble right now and needs an energy guy, needs a vet. Okay, you think there's value in him? Yeah, though? I think there's value in him for sure. All right. And I think there's value in Sutter because of what the penalty kill did, and he's got one year left on his contract. I'm not saying we're going to get a lot for him. We might not get anything for him. We right. might get like a seventh rounder for him. But I still think somebody might be willing to pay for a third-line center on a contract that isn't that bad because of term. Okay. Uh, let's say they move on from Markstrom. You're going to have to get another goalie in here. Yes. Right? Yes. Uh, do you like the idea of signing a veteran to play next to Demko? Are you talking about a guy like Henrik Lundqvist? Art? Yes. Is that where you're going? Yes. So the New York Rangers have bought out the contract <laughs> of their star goaltender, Henrik Lundqvist. The Rangers parted uh, with one of the greatest net miners in franchise history today when they paid off the final year of his contract. Since joining the team in 2005-06, Lundqvist has won the Vesna Trophy in 2011-12, led the Rangers to the Stanley Cup Final in 2014, and has been selected to the All-Star Game five times. He also helped Sweden win gold at the Turin Olympics. Could you see the Canucks signing this guy for, you know, a veteran contract? What do you mean by a veteran contract? How much do you think Henler, Henrik Lundqvist is going to ask for? Great question. If he's going to be a backup, I'm guessing like two and a half, two and a half million, something like that. I could stomach that for yeah. what on a year? On a year? On a yeah. year deal? Yeah. Why not? That's not. That's not. Don't you think that'd be a smart move for him as well? Like go to a franchise yeah. that has a chance that you have a chance to not only start on the team but have a run at the Stanley Cup. That's not scary money for me. Yeah. I think a lot of teams would do that. Yeah. I also look at a guy like in, I'm going to go back to Carolina, but James Reimer in Carolina, you know, he's got one year left on his deal. It's a very, very stomachable deal. And if we could make a trade that brought a guy like, like Reimer over here for one year <laughs> and we got rid of another guy that we potentially wanted to, you know, punt out of here. Of all the goalies, right? who would you like to have then? Well, I mean, if we can sign Lundqvist for 2.5, I'm totally beyond fine with that. If we can get a backup who is capable while shedding a piece that we want to shed, I want to shed the piece. I don't think you're going to be able to shed one of those guys and get Anton Kudobin. 
That's an, no, you're not going to get a guy like yeah. Anton Hudobin, but he's yeah. starting in Dallas. Yeah. But there's a lot of backups out there who I think you could get something for. On, on Like, the reason why I bring up Reimer is because he's on an expiring deal yeah. and he could play as a backup, you know, and his deal doesn't cost that much at all. And we could give up a piece for him that another team goes, okay, yeah, that's an acceptable piece. This guy's on a one-year deal too. We can afford him. Maybe he can help us out in a position that we're weak in. Yeah. I'd rather see a deal made for a goalie in a trade that we can afford. Okay. Right? Yeah. I, it's just it's one less contract that you have to go out there and actually sign. All right. lots. Uh, there's lots to chew on this offseason. The Canucks are going to have to make some very tough decisions. But overall, it's looking pretty sweet for this next season if there is a next season, and I'm worrying about there that. There will be a next season. All right. Yeah. I'm worrying about that. Just the cross-border stuff is just... Well, don't worry too much, right? You're starting to get wrinkles. Am I? No. Yes. I'm Asian. Skin. I'm Asian. We You're don't get wrinkles. It. When we look old, we look old. <laughs> yeah, it's like a time machine, hey? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh... Anything, that's all the Canucks stuff I had. Do you want to talk about the NFL season? Do you want to talk about the NFL season? Well, people in this market really love Russell Wilson. It's because he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league there, Art. I know you you don't agree with that. I know you think he's selfish. I do think he's selfish. But, um, (laughs) yeah, he's quite good. I think, and I told you already, it's going to be Seattle, Kansas. Kansas City? Yeah. It's going to be Seattle, Kansas City. No. Yeah. I don't think that defense is good enough in Seattle. I've, I don't think their secondary is all that good, but they can outscore anybody. They're too explosive. I'm not worried about that team. They can explode at any moment. It's the same reason why I'm not worried about Kansas City. Neither of those defenses are all that great, but when you look at them and how they can just retaliate to big plays and either answer or put numbers on the board – those teams are special. Russell Wilson's selfishness is going to get in the way, <laughs> and they're not going to be able to make it. Okay, so real quickly, because, I mean, like, let's not talk football too long. Do you agree about the Chiefs in the AFC? Yes. I I, I, I think it's a no. Like, it's, I don't even think it's close. I think really. Tennessee's the only team yeah. that can maybe give them a problem, but... They already even, showed Baltimore's not yeah. going to do it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, yeah, Lamar... Clearly, they play too well against Lamar Jackson for that for that to be an issue. Um, I think Tennessee's the only team in the in the AFC that could Tannehill's have a good man. I know he has. Uh, I'm so glad that and guy. Vrabel, like, Vrabel's for real. Like, was, he's a yeah. coach that you were like, okay, yeah. this guy's got some chops. What? what are you laughing about? He's just kissing his former patriot with these uh <laughs> with these compliments. He's not he's not a Belichick disciple. <laughs> he never coached in New England. I know he didn't coach in New England. He was an all pro in New yeah, England. Though. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's what Never. I'm talking about. Never. Uh um, I think the Patriots might have a shot at giving the Chiefs trouble as well. So there's three teams. You think the Patriots might have a shot at giving the Chiefs trouble when Seattle beat them? No, no, no. I'm talking about the AFC. I'm not talking about the NFC. I know, but I'm just talking about, like, you're like, well, you know, like, the other teams, they don't have a shot, but the Patriots have a shot at beating the Chiefs? No, no, no. I said they could give them a little bit of trouble, just yeah. like I don't think they're going like the to beat them, though. I know. I don't think so either. Yeah. But okay. I think they could give them some trouble. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's not discount the hoodie. Let's Heard. not discount. What's that between your, uh, your shirt and uh, your pants? 
Oh, it's your bias. Your bias is showing, aren't you? <laughs> I mean, my Colts are doing all right. Except we have an old man at quarterback who needs to be wheeled off every damn day. How did that guy get a job? Yeah, I don't know. How about the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers? Yeah. You think they got a chance? In the NFC? No. Yeah. no. Let's let's not forget the Peyton Manning-led Denver Broncos started 2-3 and three when Peyton Manning went there. Yeah. So... Let's let's give uh, old Tommy Boy a little bit Tom, of leeway. No, I, I don't think yeah. they're bad at yeah. all. Like I don't think they're a bad team. I, I think just don't think they're a league. I think the two best teams in the NFC already, and it's shown, is Green Bay and the Seahawks. Yeah, and the Seahawks, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think Tampa Bay is pretty elite at a lot of positions, though. Yeah, um, I think I know you think that, Art. <laughs> I think quarterbacks not where they're elite at. Yeah. It's other positions yeah. where they're elite at, like their tight end. No, no. <laughs> well, they have three really good tight ends. Yeah. You know? No, I'm I'm talking about their defense. I think yeah. their defense is legit now. So yeah. And yeah. I love their coach. I do. Yeah. I think like I mean I'm not I wouldn't be I wouldn't write off Tampa Bay at all. Yeah. Okay, Caleb Curry, where can we find you on the internet? At Curbman23 on Twitter. At Art Aronson. Uh, I don't know if we're gonna have another between the Stammers in a while, but. We had to at least do a post-mortem on the season as well as look into the off-season. And, uh, yeah, that Demko-Markstrom thing, that's that's going to be a career-defining move for Jim Benning, I think. Art, you and I, we used to do this every week, and it was like I was a bit of a stickler to it, saying, like, we have to do this at least once a week to drop episodes and be consistent. And it was always something I talked about, and I do miss it. I do. I miss talking with you about sports and all that sort of stuff. So I appreciate you wanting to do this today, and I'm glad we did it. But as far as this year goes, it's a bit of a wash. So it's we're gonna be we're gonna be dropping episodes probably a little more, a little more splatterhouse this year. And then when we get some semblance into uh, the schedule of our lives, and when these leagues get a bit more of a concrete schedule, then we'll be back with vengeance. Yeah. All right. Well you said, can talk but- to us at Between the S on Twitter or write us an email at Between the Stabs. Ciao.